Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. I do hope that you were with us yesterday. We covered a lot of scripture, and in a moment I will give you those references. I know many of you take notes and like to go back and read through the passages I quote later on your own time. That makes my heart sing. If I can be used of the Holy Spirit to get you more into the Bible, I will be overjoyed. Since I moved rather quickly last time, I will give you yesterday's references soon. So get out a pen or pencil or an electronic note-taking device. I am also aware that in the United States, yesterday was a big holiday, and so some of you weren't with us. Let me encourage you, get on our website and listen to yesterday's God Is podcast. Visit godisministry.org, and at the center of the homepage, find our podcasts. Each day's radio broadcast is an internet podcast. Yesterday's is there at godisministry.org. Listen for free. You can also download this to your phone and get caught up in the car or on the bus or as you go grocery shopping, even while you work, whatever you do. Godisministry.org We took a brisk walk through Romans the 8th chapter, finding how God truly completes the salvation of every person whom he has saved from sin. We saw here the assurance of our salvation. In Romans 8, verse 1, we had the powerful reminder that Christians are no longer under God's condemnation for our sin, because we live in the shelter of Christ Jesus. God has set us free from the prison of the condemned. What sweet reality this is! Then in Romans 8, verse 9, we learned that the Holy Spirit lives in every Christian, The Spirit is a sign and seal that we are indeed saved. Then in verses 14 through 16, we read about our adoption as sons and daughters of the living God. Christians are the children of God. He is our Abba, Father. That was Romans 8 verses 14 through 16, which then led us right into verse 17, where this great reality is declared. We are heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus, God's Son. Here I also quoted John 17, verse 22. So far we have had Romans 8, 1, 9, 14 through 17, and John 17, 22. Then Romans 8, verses 26 and 27, and the mighty assurance that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness and prays for us. And this brought us to Romans 8 and verse 30, where we saw that all of Christ's people will one day be glorified in heaven. And someone might say, didn't you end with a couple of other scriptures that were not in Romans? Ah, good memory. Yes. Those were 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, Colossians 1, verse 15, and 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. So that in total, we had Romans 8, verses 1, 9, 
14 through 16, 17, 26, 27, and 30, John 17, 22, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Colossians 1, 15, and 2 Corinthians 3, 18. I hope you got those down. If not, write to me and ask for them again, and please do read them for yourself. And all of these scriptures were read to establish what Romans 8.29 means by becoming conformed to the image of God's Son, Jesus, which, as we have said, is the purpose for our being foreknown and predestined for salvation. I want to say something more about this, but first I want to insert a warning. We must be careful to understand that God only has one natural Son. He is Jesus. Jesus is unique as God's Son. As the Gospel says, Jesus is God's only begotten Son. There is no other Son of God. We are not to become God's. Keep that in mind when you read Romans 8.29 and these words, to become conformed to the image of His Son. Our sonship is by adoption. Yes, if we are in Christ, we are sons and daughters of God, but we are God's children in a way different from God's Son, Jesus. Pastor Martin Lloyd-Jones puts this well, writing, Our sonship and relationship to God in this way is by adoption, and therefore it is different. It is for this reason that our Lord himself used phrases such as, My Father and Your Father. He never says, Our Father. He taught us to pray, Our Father, but He does not include Himself in the expression. He draws a distinction. My Father and Your Father. My God and Your God. End quote. As we saw yesterday regarding adoption through Christ, we have been made sons and daughters of God, and we are co-heirs with Christ, receiving God's inheritance for us. But always remember, we ourselves do not become gods. Only Jesus is God. Still, as John Calvin said, the Son of God became the Son of Man, that the sinful sons of men might become the sons of God. The Son of God became the Son of Man, that the sinful sons of men might become the sons of God. Calvin is right, and what joy this gives us. Romans 8 verse 29 says that those whom God foreknows and predestines are to become conformed to the image of His Son. Well, let me ask you Christians a question. Were you told about this back when you first became a believer in Christ? I can tell you, nobody ever mentioned to me that I was going to be conformed to the image of God's Son. The message I kept hearing was, believe in Jesus and you will go to heaven when you die. All right, that is true. I was surrounded by evangelists. They spoke with me about Christ dying for my sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that Jesus was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That is the gospel. And it was essential that I heard the gospel, received the gospel, and believed the gospel for myself. 
I am very grateful for the evangelists in my young life. But I was not at all prepared for discipleship, for this long obedience in the same direction to Jesus as my master and Lord. Honestly, no one discipled me. I had to figure out how to do that on my own. No one prepared me for life in Christ after I was assured that I would go to heaven when I died. And given that I am still here, heaven has been a long time coming. What was I supposed to do between conversion and heaven? Was it really that salvation was just a ticket to get into heaven, the reservations made for a glorious afterlife? At the time of my conversion, I thought there is more to being a Christian than the assurance of heaven. And I was right. But in that season of my life as a new Christian, no older, more mature Christian ever came to me and said, Mark, it is awesome that you've put your faith in the Lord and your sins have been forgiven. But let me tell you, young man, this is just the beginning. What is now going to happen is that God is going to conform you to the image of Christ. He will mold you and shape you through circumstances in your life, through trials, tests, and toil, and he will not stop ever making you like Christ. This is going to be a great, immeasurable blessing to you, but it is also not going to be easy. I suspect what was true for me is true for many of you. So many believers have never been discipled by another more mature believer. Sadly, we do not often quote Romans 8.29 to new Christians. We do not talk with them about how they will become conformed to the image of his son. In my tradition, and perhaps in yours, it was enough that we were saved. We were counted among the converted and the people who led us to Christ, then moved on to do the same with others. But the discipleship went missing. This, in part, is why it becomes such a surprise to many Christians that God will stop at nothing to conform us to Christ. I believe the hardest part of being Christian is being conformed to the image of God's Son. This portion of Romans 8 verse 29 is easy to read, but makes life difficult upon implementation. Do you know what I mean? Here's just one example. God ripping sin out of our lives. I struggle every day with my sin, and I have my favorite sins. You do too, right? Well, by conforming us to the image of his sinless son, God will not let us go on sinning. Like a farmer with shears who prunes the branch on his vine in the vineyard, the Lord will cut sin out of our lives. Christ told us so in John chapter 15. I will read verses 1 and 2 of John 15 with Jesus speaking. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Christians are those who bear fruit and those whom God prunes so that we may bear more fruit. 
He cuts away the rot of sin so we can be more fruitful. And this hurts, but this is part of being conformed to the image of Jesus. That's what I mean. Friends, God is conforming us. And we'll see more tomorrow because God is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org Please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.